0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Given today's proximity to July 4th and the celebrations already underway, my first preaching plan was to give a kind of Christian State of the Union address with my brilliant reflections on the relationship between church and state, faith and politics, which probably would send most of you packing. After all, we come to church looking for something different from politics as usual, something that transcends the culture wars, the divisions of our time, and the fear and anger stoking news cycles that hold so many of us captive. We come here seeking good news. So you'll be glad to know that I moved on to plan B and invite you to unpack your things and settle back into your seat and let me tell you a story. It all started with another brilliant plan. Several weeks ago, I decided to tackle the shortage of cars in my household vis-a-vis drivers and get some exercise at the same time by packing a change of clothes and running home from work. By which I mean jogging slowly. And It was a great idea and it was a great run until I tripped over something and dove wrist first onto the sidewalk along Piedmont Road. I took one look at my wrist and knew I had a problem, a big problem. Then the pain came. It hurt so much and I felt so sick that I couldn't move, which was another problem because I was about a foot from a really busy road. Then something amazing happened. Someone driving by, someone with places to go, things to do, pulled into the parking lot. It was a golden gray SUV, and a woman around my age climbed out, asked if I was okay, and if help was on the way. As she fumbled with my cracked phone, another car pulled in, this one white with two older women in the front, who called from the window to ask what they could do. I grunted my husband's phone number and while they were trying to reach him, a third car pulled in, an older car with, shall we say, character, an Alabama license plates and a young couple in front a man with a beard and tattoos jumped out, surveyed the situation and asked, what about water? Do you need something to drink, something cold? At my nod, he ran back to their car and pulled out this huge unopened bottle of ice cold lemonade. I took two big sips. I was embarrassed that I was wasting the rest of this stranger's brand new bottle of lemonade, but that was all I needed. I was ready. I was ready to move away from the road with these two strangers holding me up. And then they all stayed there. All these people who had been going somewhere, they all stopped and stayed four in their cars and one, the first woman squatting on the ground next to me. "'I just don't feel like I can leave you,' she said, as if asking for my permission, and waited quietly. A few minutes later, my husband and daughter pulled up, got me into the car, waved thank you to these helpers, and drove me to the ER— and I haven't seen any of them since. I doubt I'd recognize them if I did. And yet, I have not been able to stop thinking about them, about these ordinary acts of kindness. A bottle of lemonade, a shoulder to lean on, a caring question, the willingness to help however they could, and the willingness to sit and do nothing except be there. Clearly, I'm still talking about them because they had an extraordinary impact on me and, I suspect, on anyone else who saw what was happening. I needed their physical help, sure, and their calm presence, but that wasn't all. I also needed the reminder that people are kind. I needed the good news that there are good people doing good things all the time. All the time. And these and the many other kindnesses that followed made me want to run out and do likewise. We hear so much bad news, don't we? We hear so much sad, discouraging news, so much about what's wrong in our world today or in our communities, in our country, in ourselves. We hear so much bad news that we might start to believe that this world is a bad place, that we're all bad people that selfishness, deceit, meanness, apathy is the normal and primal state of affairs. But it's not. It's not. God created this world and called it good. God created every one of us, you and me, us and them and called us all good. That which is deepest and truest and most real within us is good, because it is of God. Yes, we are capable of some pretty rotten things, but we're also capable of love, and friendship, cooperation, generosity, sacrifice. These capacities run deep in us, deeper than the divisions or hot-button issues or bad behaviors of any time. Yes, sin is real and it is serious. Yes, Sin has the power to suppress or distort the good that is within us. Sin has the power to separate us from God, from others, from our own true selves. But Christ has set us free from the power of sin. Christ has set us free those deeper capacities in us. Christ has freed us to do the good that is in us and to see the good in others. Even when no one else is looking, even when we don't get credit, even when it's not our job, even when people don't agree with what we're doing. That is freedom, my friends. And With that freedom comes power. With that freedom comes the power to impact, to influence, to inspire others. We have the power, each and every one of us, to transform our communities, our nations, our world. One cup of water, at a time. Which, if you ask me, brings us back to faith and politics. Maybe we've actually been there all this time. Because politics is not just about public politicians and campaigns and Supreme Court decisions. Politics is how we live together, all of us and care for one another. It's about how we live our shared values and identity. It's about how we seek the common good starting right here. And faith, well, faith is not just about what you say you believe intellectually. It's also how you act. And it's how you see. Our faith affects how we see people and the world around us. In faith, in Christian faith, we see Christ, the universal Christ. We see Christ present and active everywhere, in all people. And we remember that others just might see Christ in us too. Sure, we could spend all day, every day, trying to get other people to believe, to think, to act, to vote, to worship like we do. We could spend all our time yelling or posting about what other people are doing wrong complaining about our leaders and institutions, stewing over the frenzy of the day as it unfolds before us on our phones or TVs, and waiting for the powers that be to do something about it. Or, or, we can accept the freedom that we have been offered. We can pick up the power that's in our own hands and follow Christ to love and serve. We can be kind. We can be trustworthy and trusting. We can see our neighbors and be seen by them. We can serve. We can be the community that we long for and we can magnify the small and big acts of kindness, the heroic sacrifices that are happening all the time, just by looking for them and talking about them, spreading, as Dean Candler says, good gossip. And we can magnify the goodness around us by saying thank you whenever we can. And With that, I want to say thank you. Thank you all for the many ways that you see and care. Thank you for visiting the sick and suffering and isolated. Thank you for welcoming strangers, for sitting with the dying or grieving. Thank you for reaching out to those in need, for, to, for supporting the outreach ministries of this church. Thank you for praying together for this church and this country and our leaders. And thank you to the Altar Guild for this cup of water. Amen.